in, like you said, the, the, yeah, Fed is best, rust is best terms get thrown around constantly. I personally don't like either of those terms. I really don't because it just puts people at odds. We are going to transform the way that motherhood is viewed, turn the negative narrative that is frequently sold to our society upside down, and resurrect a village of support around new families. The Joy Becoming Real podcast is all about celebrating the good, the difficult, all of the love, and everything real. We passionately believe that by supporting the mother, you support the child, and by supporting the child, you contribute to the wellness and possibilities for future generations. I'm your host, Julia Wheelock. Hello and welcome. I am in the studio today with uh, Elizabeth Boss. Uh, we met each other a while ago um, and I just was really drawn to the balance of what you're doing in your business of um, a um, birth doula, right? Mm-hmm. And then also a lactation consultant, how you can- A lactation counselor. Lactation so there's counselor. a okay. The yes. lactation consultants at the hospital are medical-based. Okay. So they have a nursing degree, most of them, and yeah. that medical background. So I don't have the medical training. I just have the lactation training. So okay. that's the difference okay. between the two. I think that's the same training that I'm going through right now. Yes, then. it is. Awesome. Yeah, your LC. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. Um, so why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Um, And then we're going to dive into the topic of kind of the feelings and nuances behind the terms fed is best and breast is best, which we could just talk about for a really long time. (laughs) We were just saying maybe we, we should make uh, this a part one, you know, and part two Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But anyways, go ahead and introduce yourself. So my name is Elizabeth Voss and I own the Traverse City Lactation Company and Doula Service. And I am a birth doula and a lactation counselor. (laughs) It's hard not to say that. I know. And then we also offer, um, uh, childbirth education, breastfeeding education, um, obviously breastfeeding consults in yeah. the home. So um, one of the great things about my business is that I come to you. You don't have to come to me. So I come mm. to you in your home, in your privacy, and it's nice to have it that way instead yeah. of you having to you know, pack up your newborn and take them somewhere to get help. I yes. come to you instead. Mm, I'm very passionate, obviously, <laughs> about in, in home care for, mm-hmm. um, especially new moms. Um, because it is, you know, and especially in terms of, um, you know, if they're coming to you for breastfeeding help, obviously, you know, everything's not going especially well, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe it just needs a little tweak or something, Absolutely. But, yeah. um, when you add on the stress, not just for mom, but for baby as well, you know, to go out, especially this time of year, like it's freezing cold to mm-hmm. go out, you know, and go on a car ride, Abs- and, yes. you know, which a lot yeah. of babies don't like. And, uh-huh. and then they're out of their, you know, atmosphere. And that can just add in so many different factors that by the time mom gets home, I feel like, you know, everyone's just stressed and yes. maybe that information didn't, you know, land where, where it could have and everything. Yeah. Cause most of the time when I get called in, it is for a newborn, you mm-hmm. know, even days old. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is take them out in the winter, expose them to anything because they're exposed to so much, even coming to where my, where I am. Yeah. Whereas coming to you, I can mask up, I can glove up, I can yeah. make sure I'm washed and everything, yes. you know, so we're yeah, not there's exposing a lot baby less. in any way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good thought too. I hadn't thought mm-hmm. of that before. Yeah. It's just so much more comfortable too, just to be. And I think there's a lot of, you know, environmental factors, even just in the home that can go into, you know, causing, um, you know, breastfeeding issues or maybe not everything is, you know, situated right. It is better to see them in their own environment. And you'll find this out because you want to see where they're sitting down to breastfeed, how they're sitting down to breastfeed. What is their, what is the angle and what position are they trying hard to get into that isn't working out? And like you said, sometimes it is just tweaking something just a little bit Mm -hmm. that is just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Or sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes they just need you to come in, see everything and tell you they're doing a great job. Yeah. So yeah, that reassurance sometimes is all you need is knowing, especially for a first time mother that you're, you're doing, yeah, that you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. Because you have no baseline essentially of, you know, what, what is right and what is, you know, not wrong, but what is not going well, or especially Mm -hmm. with a newborn baby, you have no, um, like 
monitor gauge or whatever of, you know, if they're getting enough milk or, you know, it's, you would, all those sensations are so new Absolutely. that, you know, there can be a lot of like doubt, you know, around that too, especially if there's not much education, you know, well, in the beginning, su- which I think is support is everything as mm-hmm. you know. So if you don't have that in the early days, it, things are likely to go wrong, yeah. unfortunately, because you do get very little time with the consultants in the hospital. Yeah. I mean, you might see them once, hopefully twice, you know, yeah. but you're not there for all that long. And you're there. I mean, not to say that, that those first latches in those first couple of days are crucial, mm-hmm. you know, to the rest of the breastfeeding journey, but also if like so much is happening, you know, by day, like two, three, when your milk is coming in mm-hmm. and that's when you're being sent home, Absolutely. you know, from the hospital typically. Or some, for some first time moms, it can take up to five days yeah. for your milk, for that yeah. mature milk to come in. You always have it. You know, yeah. you've got that colostrum first. Yeah. And for a reason, that's mm-hmm. how it's meant to be. And hopefully, you know, all that goes well and nothing medically goes wrong that interrupts that from happening, yeah. you know, because there are medical issues that the mother may have mm-hmm. or medical things that may come up over in birth or yeah. complications with a C-section, things mm-hmm. like that, that can complicate the body knowing to make milk and yeah. release milk. And it can ma- complicate that process. So mm-hmm. hopefully nothing medically has happened that causes that mom to have extra issues during yeah. the first week, because it's, it's hard enough to I was gonna say, teach it's a hard newborn how to nurse, let alone that you having any medical issues that come up in yeah. there. And that can, you know, really take a toll on your anxiety again, mm-hmm. that, you know, like I see so many women that have supply anxiety when their supply is great. So if you're having yeah. medical issues, that is really going to come up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's unfortunately just so common, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, you know, the culmination of, you know, where we are right now in, mm-hmm. in the, you know, birth world and all of that. Um, and some women have, have had breast trauma already yeah. or surgeries or things like that, that, you know, you hope and that you're going to be able to produce, but sometimes, you know, tissues get damaged and yeah. that can be another issue that can come up and mm-hmm. can be, you know, for some women quite sad, but you know, you, it's your body and it does, it hasn't, um, you know, failed you in any way. I yeah. hate to say it that way, but yeah. you know, medical problems are medical problems and you just kind of have to roll with it. And yeah. that's life, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that there's a lot of, um, a lot of things to unpack here, even just with the idea of like, you know, mm-hmm. that your body has failed you or that you've failed, you know, as a mother. So let's kind of dive into this. Um, because I think we hear the terms, um, you know, breast is best and fed is best. Right just tossed around a lot, especially like in the world of, you know, new motherhood. Um, so I wanted to, you know, sit down with you and ask like, what are your thoughts around those terms? I think that, you know, both, I just did some Instagram polling yesterday to kind of prep for today. Mm -hmm. Um, and just asked, you know, what people's thoughts were on both of those terms. And I think that they're, you know, there's just, it's so complicated and nuanced on both (laughs) breast is best and fed is best. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of just really hard feelings around it because, you know, we do put a lot of pressure, um, on ourselves. Society puts a lot of pressure on moms, you know, to quote unquote perform and, you know, make, make this all happen. And yet we have such a you know, lack of support and yes. routine support in, in a huge demand for women to get back to work very quickly. Yes. I was going to say, yeah. And so, a lot of like just societal things that are kind of getting in the way of allowing moms to even have the choice, yes. you know, and we talk about choice a lot because we do have choice now, you know, mm-hmm. with the introduction of, um, you know, formula and everything, which is amazing. And I think that there's a lot of things that we can do to help lift women up so that they have more of a choice. And it's not like, oh, I have to go back in two weeks. So, you know, I don't have time to pump at work. So I guess I'm just going to do formula. You know, that's not a choice. That's just Mm -hmm. circumstances, unfortunately. Yeah. Lifestyle. Sometimes things just don't work out for people's lifestyles and that's okay. You know, you have to do what's best for yourself and your family so that you can maintain your lifestyle without it becoming something that is so stressful for you to manage that Mm -hmm. you're overwhelmed by it all, because that can lead to postpartum illnesses. That's a huge part of why women get so 
depressed or anxious is because of the amount of stress and it is on them to maintain their same lifestyle that they had before baby. But now you have this child that keeps you up all night and needs things all day long. And, you know, society just doesn't match up with mothers in that way. Yeah. And like you said, the, the, yeah, fed is best, rest is best terms get thrown around constantly. I personally don't like either of those terms. Mm -hmm. I really don't because it just puts people at odds And it comes down to, you know, the breastfeeding mothers really want to promote how great they're doing, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. You know, I am glad that they're doing so well. But for the women that may not be, that term makes them feel terrible. Yeah. And then you see on the other side, you know, the formula mothers want to fight so hard that they're doing the right thing to justify it to themselves or to Mm -hmm. society that it's okay to bottle feed, which it is. Yeah. Um, But again, that's puts the women that are maybe struggling breastfeeding makes them feel bad too yeah. because they're like, well, yeah, I know fed is best, but I really wanted this. Yes. So in, whether you're at either side, it p- kind of puts you at odds. Yeah. So I wish we could just do away with either term. <laughs> I agree. And we I could agree. just focus on what is best for mom? Mm-hmm. What is best for mom? Because what is best for mom is going to be what's best for baby. Yes. Mm-hmm. That just really sums it up perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I think Yes, I agree that we should just, you know, get rid of both of those terms because the term best is so nuanced and dependent on like, you know, a ton of different circumstances around that specific mother and Mm -hmm. that specific baby and all of the things that factor into that, you know, for her story and their story together. Um, And I think, you know, I see both of those terms as being really um, almost fear based, like you know, fear of not making the right decision or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, fear, fear of failure or, um, you know, fear of, you know, your baby failing to thrive, um, you know, because of, you know, lack of nutrition. Mm -hmm. And so we have, um, you know, science does say, and this is something maybe we can talk a little bit more about too. And I think everyone knows this science says that breastfed baby, you know, yeah. Breast milk is best for babies. That's what the biological norm is. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it shouldn't be a surprise to us knowing that. So then that's why we have the term, you know, breast is best. And then science also says the, the worst thing that you can do is to not feed your baby. So yeah. if you have a medical issue or circumstantial things that are getting in the way of you breastfeeding, of course, fed is best. Like, Absolutely. You know, yes. you need to feed your baby and mm-hmm. your baby, you know, needs sustenance. And thankfully we have, you know, formula and a lot of different options around that too. So, um, yeah, I think if we could just get rid of those terms, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, maybe will happen, I don't know, but just more understanding around what the term best means for, right. for each person, I think would be so good. Well, I work with so many first time moms and that's kind of one of my specialties is yeah. working with first time moms yeah. because I offer a lot of hands on practice mm-hmm. before baby comes. But I see this all the time with them. They want to do things perfectly. Yeah. You know, they, they feel like such a pressure and I'd say they put more pressure on themselves than what they get from anybody else. Yeah. But, you know, becoming a mother is a huge, huge deal. It really is. Yeah. And so of course you want to do it perfectly, but then it comes to down to, you know, being perfect best, you know, or should be this way. I'm going to make it this way. Those kinds of things are kind of red flags for me Yeah, because as you're going to find out in motherhood that it is messy and you have to just survive it sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, some days are better than others. Some days are longer than others, but um, a lot of it comes down to survival. (laughs) It really does in the end. And so, and it doesn't matter to your baby, whether you're perfect or best Mm -hmm. or anything, because to them, you are the best. Yeah. They don't know any different at all. Yeah. So it, I mean, do they care really what they, what kind of milk they're getting or do they just care about your cuddles, you know, and being next to you, feeling your warmth? I mean, that's what motherhood is, is love. And so whether or not you feed your baby at the breast or whether or not you cradle them at your breast with a bottle doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. what matters is the, how healthy mom and baby are together, yeah. how well you're sinking together, how well you're bonding. And that doesn't come down to breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And um, some women, you know, may have 
trauma from their childhoods or trauma from life that may cause breastfeeding to be traumatic for them. Yeah. And so again, that's another lifestyle thing that's just not going to work for that mom. And yeah. the last thing we'd want is someone who's had that kind of trauma to force herself to put herself back yeah. into that trauma every single day mm-hmm. for, an, for a lot, you know, babies breastfeed yeah. a lot. So yes. that would be awful for that mother. And yeah. then the last thing you want to see on the other side is those other people that are giving them those strange looks, you know, if it's yeah. in that bottle and have them feeling like they need to hide because they chose not to breastfeed or couldn't breastfeed mm-hmm. or whatever reason it is that you didn't breastfeed for yeah. doesn't matter. And have those looks sometimes are enough to break that mom. And I wish that us moms would remember that more, you know, empowered women empower other women, Mm -hmm. no matter what. So they would be nice if we all remembered that also at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think I, I also want to challenge the, the idea of like women choosing to not breastfeed, because I think that there's so many just you know, societal things that mm-hmm. have taken away that choice again. Like, it, you know, I mentioned that earlier and like you're in your example right now. Um, you know, if someone has, you know, suffered some kind of, um, you know, sexual trauma or something in the past that mm-hmm. is making that experience traumatic for them. Yeah. And so they're not, you know, quote unquote, choosing to breastfeed. They did not make that decision mm-hmm. to have that trauma happen to them. It's, that is absolutely. leading up to that choice, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that, you know, within that choice of the mom, you know, not, you know, choosing not to breastfeed, um, you know, is it really a choice or did someone else ultimately make that decision for her? And I think, um, you know, that's something interesting to think about too. And something that, um, hopefully we'll kind of, you know, take a little bit of, you know, the decision fatigue and everything away <laughs> yes. from, you know, all of like those feelings and guilt and, you know, everything away, away from moms, because, um, I just think that there's so many things, you know, set up against, mm-hmm. against that choice, I guess. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit more, um, just like maybe historically and scientifically how we've led what has led up to both of these terms being so um, prevalent? What are your thoughts around that? Well, I'd, I'd say it then it goes back to scientifically, you know, we, yes, breast milk is, I hate to say better yeah. than formula, but I also kind of look at it. Like I said to you before, I look at formula versus breast milk, the same way I look at oxytocin and pitocin, mm-hmm. you know, one is coming from your body yeah. and one is something that has been man-made, but is very, I mean, as close as we can get to yeah. the real thing and yeah. it does its job and just still fine. kind of a miracle like that, <laughs> yes. that we can even make something so close. Yeah. And, you know, we ended up needing that to be part of our medical life, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. over time is, you know, back in the day, you know, mothers would have died in childbirth if it hadn't been, if they had had not had Pitocin available to them, you know? So that is something that we look at as well. You know, think about those things and thank God we have Pitocin now to do that. Formula is the same way. You know, we used to see babies that would be, you know, the failure to thrive, which is a very broad term. Mm -hmm. And then you also have the, you know, mothers who were struggling. Maybe they had a medical issue. Maybe they just, their bodies were having problems chemically Mm -hmm. for making breast milk, whatever the issue was, they, their babies would have died if they hadn't had formula. So again, thank God we have that available Mm -hmm. for us now, you know, and those babies don't do that, have that happen. They don't fail to thrive. And we're seeing, you know, that in the end, you know, if you look at a 20 year old versus a 20 year old, tell me which one was breastfed. You're not going to be able to tell. I mean, they both thrive just fine. So the big, and probably most people don't know if they were breastfed. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. 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 It's funny how people will grow up and be, and be looking at baby foes and be like, Oh, I was breastfed. Well, yeah, yeah, Yeah. but you don't, yeah. You didn't question that at all. And that's not on like, you know, medical, paperwork when you're, Absolutely. when you go to the doctor and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And you know, it's okay to do both too. I yeah. was, you know, it's okay if you switch back and forth and that's your lifestyle as mm-hmm. well, because not everybody responds to the pump the same way. I yes. mean, it, you can have those types of issues as yeah. well. Yeah. So 
it's okay for it to be both. It's okay for it to be either or. I mean, my child was, my both of my kids were breastfed and they will equally take a baby doll and pretend to breastfeed it and mm-hmm. pretend to bottle feed it. Yeah. So, and they don't, they don't care yeah. the difference. Both are normal. So, I mean, why yeah. should we as adults, mm-hmm. you know, and put that kind of pressure down? Yeah. So, yes, scientifically, breast milk is alive. And the big difference is, is the um, antibodies that mm-hmm. are in breast milk that protect the infant from, you know, infections and, mm-hmm. you know, bacteria outside of themselves, yeah. and, you know, and viruses. That's, that's and their first, you know, well, not, the, I guess the first exposure to mm-hmm. building their immune system would be, yes. you know, coming through the, you know, vaginal canal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, am I right in saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so really you know, breast milk is doing a lot to build up their, you know, little baby immune systems Mm -hmm. that haven't been exposed to anything yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, you know, just like you said, that's not something that you're going to get some from, you know, formula, which is not alive and doesn't have those things um, in it. And that's not to say that your baby is not going to have an immune system because of that. Cause I think there's so many other things, you know, and we could supplement babies. So they are making sure they're getting the things they need, you know, to stay healthy. Oh, what's it called? Probiotics. Yes. Thank you. A probiotic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I know many people who, you know, have used that even along with um, breastfeeding Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, compact different, maybe like colic or something like that. Or even some of my mothers, I tell them to up their own probiotics, you know, so that baby's getting more of that gut health started and stuff. Yeah. But, and then it comes down to, you know, colostrum early days. Again, it's alive. It does have stem cells in it that help repair the gut. If there's mm-hmm. any damage that has been done or any holes or anything like that, mm-hmm. it helps to get the, you know, digestive system started. You know, yeah. that renal system gets lots of practice in the womb, but that yeah. gut just doesn't. And so yeah. those are kind of starters. Mm-hmm. But we just, we see formula fed babies pooping just fine. So not to say that formula again, isn't going to get your baby's digestive system going, you know, digestive system gets started at the lips literally. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, as soon as we start salivating and, you know, our digestive system already starts up. So again, I mean, one is alive and one's not, but we, again, we see babies do just fine either way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, one thing that I've noticed is kind of a, um, hesitancy to even be able to talk about those cool things, like Mm -hmm. all of the benefits of, you know, breast milk, because they come across often as being shaming towards the mothers who are, you know, maybe choosing not to, Mm -hmm. or, um, don't have the support to be able to breastfeed. Um, and I think it's both of these terms are really going a long way in not allowing us to talk about those, those cool things. But I think, um, it's important to be able to, and it's also important to give the permission, you know, to, to the parent along with the support to actually mm-hmm. make the mm-hmm. decision for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't matter again, why you're choosing not to, whether that's because you are returning to work and you don't want that hassle of having to pump, that's yeah. okay. Or whether you just don't want to, again, that's okay. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter why you choose not to do it, but you don't need that shaming put on you. You just yeah. don't as a mom, you have enough to worry about. And again, like your mental health is what's most important mm-hmm. because if you're a, a thriving mother, you're going to have a thriving baby, whether mm-hmm. or not it's breastfed or formula fed. And everything we talked about that too, that then, you know, they also have that come up of, oh, I'm affecting my child in a negative way or something like that. No, but you're not, your baby's not going to suffer wrong with you if you're making yourself, you know, continue breastfeeding when you don't want to. Yeah. In terms of like the mother's mental health Mm -hmm. and well-being, And if she's having like, um, you know, there's, is there a specific term for anxiety around breastfeeding? Um, aside from just, you know, postpartum anxiety. There isn't, but I consider it to be a supply anxiety. A lot of times mm. is what moms come down yeah, with. Yeah, that's a good that Worry of their supply because it, you can't judge necessarily what's coming out. You yeah. have to judge uh, what's coming out of your baby. Yes. Course, you know? <laughs> so that's how we, we judge how much baby's getting yeah. is how much are they pooping and peeing. And yeah. we want to see that. Yeah. But if a mom is forcing herself to breastfeed, and she doesn't want to, or things just aren't going well, or yeah. it's just not an enjoyable experience for her. And she's forcing yeah. herself 
you can get an, a nursing aversion mm-hmm. and then you could possibly get an aversion to your own baby, yeah. you know, and that would be awful. Again, mm-hmm. that's the last thing you'd want to see a mother do. Yeah. So again, thankfully there's formula to turn to that may save that mom from having to go through that and baby from having to feel that. Yeah. And again, that's just comes down to what is best for that mother. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's so many things that we could unpack and I feel like we could just do a whole other episode about, mm-hmm. you know, mother's mental health around oh, absolutely. breastfeeding. Cause that's just such, you know, there's so much every, cause everything is riding on it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're solely breastfeeding, that's what is keeping your baby alive. You know, mm-hmm. you're the sole provider of all absolutely. of their nutrients. And that is, um, that's big time. It you is. know, that's a lot of, it is. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, and especially like you said, you know, we can't really, unless you're pumping, and giving your baby a bottle, you can't tell like how much is coming out. Um, and even if you could, most new moms, and I, I know I certainly didn't when I was a new mom, like, I don't know how many ounces they need a day or, you know, per feeding or whatever. Um, so I think it's just so much pressure, but you're right. I mean, unless, but even with the pump, you know, like you said, that gives you an idea of how much baby's intake. Yeah. That's still not a good way for that mother to know how much milk she's actually making. Yes. And we tell them that all the time, breastfeeding moms that all the time don't, you know, that, you know, what you get from the pump is just not going to be the same. Oh, as what baby I know. Can get I know. Out. And even like you said, not everyone responds mm-hmm. the same to the pump, which is so true. Um, my experience was that each breast responded differently to the pump. You know, I got, um, mastitis on, I think it was my right side Mm -hmm. because it just, I couldn't like, it doesn't pump the same for some reason, you know, I, you know, pump at the same time, get, you know, a half ounce from right side, four ounces from left side because, you know, you just couldn't empty it. So I think that's something to consider too. And that's, we always see like a slacker boob is what it's called, unfortunately. (laughs) But breasts are sisters. They're not twins. So we expect to see different volumes of milk from them. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably, I mean, like it kind of makes sense that we have a dominant, you know, hand, we have a dominant eye. Um, I even heard that we have a dominant ear, which I don't know what that means, but um, yeah. So it makes sense that we would have a dominant, you know, breast and milk production. And it wouldn't surprise me if it was all on the right side because people tend to be right hand dominant. So Mm, interesting. Um, let's go back though, to the, that mental health around motherhood, because I think, um, you know, we do see a lot of anxiety, supply anxiety, like you termed it, um, even, you know, postpartum anxiety that might not be supply anxiety or postpartum depression that is still going to cause issues with that whole, um, you know, breastfeeding process, unfortunately. Um, And I think, you know, we, we talked before about maybe, um, if you are having a lot of anxiety around it, maybe you would choose to supplement or to, you know, stop your breastfeeding journey sooner than you were expecting, Mm -hmm. um, for your mental health, because your mental health not only affects you and your well-being, which should be enough, um, but your, you know, your baby as well, and you're not going to be, um, you know, the person that. You should be able to be, you know, for your baby in those circumstances. Um, And before we uh, recorded this, we talked a little bit about like, how do we address that shame or guilt that can come from even having, you know, mood and anxiety disorders around postpartum so that we, we know that we're not affecting our babies, you know, they are being um, impacted by it, but to what degree, I guess. Yes. I'd say it comes to kind of think of it when you go to work, you know, or when you're around and in your, even at a store, sometimes when you're out in the world and someone comes in and you can just tell they're having a terrible day yeah. and you, you notice it, you mm-hmm. know, and it might be like, Oh, I kind of feel that a little bit, yeah. but you're not going to suffer along with that person. You're not going to join right in with yeah. their bad day. Baby's kind of the same way. I mean, they're going to notice, yeah, there's something off with mom, yeah. you know, but, there's a vibe or something. <laughs> yeah. There's a vibe. Yeah. Exactly. They're yeah. going to pick up on that mm-hmm. and stuff, especially if the mother is getting to a point where it's affecting how she's caring mm-hmm. for her baby. Yeah. 
you know, that more than anything, they're going to notice, but yeah. they're not going to suffer right along with you. They yeah. don't have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or psychosis. Yeah. And I can go on and on mm-hmm. right along with you. They just don't, it doesn't work that way. But yeah. they are going to notice that something's off with mom. Yeah. And like you said, especially if, I mean, I think it's, it's all too common that we see women suffering to the degree that, um, you know, that maybe they aren't getting out of bed or, mm-hmm. you know, they're not able to care for, yeah. for a baby and yeah. need to ask for, you know, outside help, which I strongly encourage people to do. Of course. Um, and I, you know, of course want to set people up with, with help and support before they even get to that point. So that if they do, there's already things in place to help support mm-hmm. them through that. But yeah, I think it's really important that we can see those, um, those things, you know, hand in hand that your mental health does affect baby and also let go of that, um, idea that, um, or guilt or whatever that, oh, I'm having anxiety. So my baby is going to be suffering, Mm -hmm. you know, because like you said, it's not, that's just not how it, how it is. It's, we, it's like a silent depression. It's a silent illness that's happening, Mm -hmm. you know, because, we want to hide it away. We don't want anybody to know. And yeah. so many moms feel like if they do ask for help or, do you know, or just, you know, finally just throw in that towel and say, I can't keep up with all of this. Yeah. That's failure. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that with quotes. Um, but it's not failure. That's success because you're doing what's best again for yourself. Yeah. And that's what's best for your child. Yeah. So if you're taking care of yourself, then that is ultimately what's best for baby, mm-hmm. you know, because I can already hear all the moms like, you, what about the baby? What about the baby? What about yeah. what's best for baby? Especially yeah. coming from the big lac- lactivists, you yeah. know, and stuff. Um, but ultimately it, it always comes down to, I mean, how is your household running? Yeah. What kind of environment is baby being raised in? Mm-hmm. What kind of person is baby being raised by? Because that's at the end of the day, how, what's best for your child? Yeah. How are they being cared for? How, you know, yeah, that they are being fed. doesn't matter how, yeah. you know, but all of those things come down to what's best for your child. Yeah. So, and but, even, you know, we could take it broader mm-hmm. too with, you know, second, third, fourth time moms, oh, yeah. you know, you have other kids oh, yes. to care for <laughs> as well, you know, and that's really common that, you know, you could, you know, have a newborn and be struggling with, you know, mood and anxiety disorders Mm -hmm. around your postpartum. And that is also affecting your other kids. So, you know, it's not just, you know, this small bubble that we're looking at of circumstances. It's, you know, often so many different things that are factoring into it. And, you know, I think we need to ask that too about, you know, your older kids, because I think, um, you know, they require more, yeah. you know, from, from mom too. And I think that's an important thing to think about too, in, mm-hmm. in terms of, um, your mental health and everything. Um, cause that is a good, obviously a, that is a very relative reason medically to choose not to breastfeed. Yeah. If you know already that you're struggling as it is, you feel like you're going to affect your other children mm-hmm. and you just can't keep up with all of it. I mean, that's a very valid reason yes. to decide to choose formula over yeah. breast milk. That is absolutely understandable. Yeah. I mean, completely. I think you can, anybody would be able to completely understand that. Oh, yes. Especially once you get into motherhood, like I said, we all, we don't realize until you're in it, mm-hmm. how messy things can be, yeah. you know, and you know, it's kind of a roller coaster yeah. and you ride it and do your best and yeah. That's all that you can do. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, how, how are you functioning? How yeah. are you doing? How, cause that's going to affect everyone. Yeah. You know, one of the, um, kind of just ideas, I guess that I live by is, and I think I often ask people what, what they think about this, because I find that people have a lot of different responses to it, which I think is interesting, but, um, I really live by like people are doing the best that they can. Yeah. And I think that is really true, you know, in mm-hmm. general. And I think, you know, there's a lot of pushback on that idea sometimes because we're like, well, are we really doing our best? Like this is, you know, like in terms of, you know, the, what we're talking about today is a mom who's giving their baby formula mm-hmm. actually doing their best. Like scientifically, that's not the best, you know, mm-hmm. that's what people would argue um, but it might you be know, her best. Yes. But, you know, mm-hmm. when you take in all of these circumstances that we're talking about mm-hmm. and, you know, 
what's best for her mental health and what's best for maybe her older children if she has some or what's best lifestyle, for yeah, you know, if she's, you know, working or maybe she's a single mom and doesn't have I was a choice. That up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, there's so many things that factor into it. And I would say, yes, of course, you know, she's doing her best. And I mm-hmm. think, I just think that that is so true, you know, across the board with, you know, even non-mothers. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I, um, really lift myself up. And, you know, when I feel like I'm not doing my best either, I'm like, Mm -hmm. let's look at the broader picture, you know, for my own circumstances. Um, I talk to myself like I'm talking to someone else sometimes (laughs) because sometimes you need that level of detachment. And then, you know, when you can kind of take a step back and look at all of the circumstances and talk to yourself, like you would talk to, you know, a friend or yeah, your Mm -hmm. child or something. Um, I think the honest answer is that, yes, we're doing our best. And Mm -hmm. There's a lot of really hard circumstances, you know, kind of getting in the way of doing what we would like to do. Um, and, you know, I think I just think that's a really important thing to kind of lift yourself up in, you know, if maybe there's someone listening who is not doing what they thought that they were going to be doing and um, mm-hmm. maybe kind of suffering some of that mom guilt from ending their breastfeeding journey soon or, you know, something like that. Or I just had a mother recently that said um, during a small aversion, which is normal, you know, it is normal to have aversions mm-hmm. to nursing along the way, because again, it's kind of a roller coaster, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's ups, there's downs, there's lots of things that come up and, you know, but we get into all that, but yeah. <laughs> not today, but uh, you know, all these things that go along the way, you know, for some moms, I've heard them, you know, have these aversions that come up and feel terribly guilty for yeah. it, you know, and that in postpartum illnesses or anxieties, you know, can affect you over a year after your baby is yes. born. I yeah. Mean, I think so, that's something huge that we don't, we don't understand how long does postpartum last for. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, things are going great. Things are going great. Nine months in suddenly something's not going great and mm-hmm. you need to introduce something, you know, like formula or whatever mm-hmm. to, supplement whatever may be affecting the mother in Mm. whatever way. But sometimes I see them like, no, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to do my best to stay with this and I'm going to enjoy every second of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make myself do this. Yeah. And it would be great if we could enjoy every single second of some of everything in life, but you're not going to, you're just not. And that's pregnancy, birth, uh, you know, your baby, yeah. breastfeeding, bottle feeding, being up at night, all these things, you're not going to enjoy every single second yeah. of that. And why and I, should we I have think the pressure even further? To, you're not supposed to. Yeah. Why you know? should we like, have the pressure that, you know, oh, they grew up so fast. You enjoy every single second. Mm-hmm. Yes. I understand where you're coming from, but also to the mother who's struggling or may have anxiety or depression, who's like, oh my God, I'm not enjoying every single second. Yeah. Again, that is a lot of pressure to put yeah. on that person. And yeah. so it's all a good reminder to yourself of you're not going to enjoy every single second of anything in mm-hmm. life, no matter what it is. Yeah. Don't let people put that pressure on you. And then don't be afraid to set boundaries with people. Yeah. That is a hard thing that we have to learn mm-hmm. as we get become grownups or even in our teenage lives that we need to be taught. Yeah. It's okay to set boundaries with people that, you know what, this is what's best for me. This is what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I'm putting this boundary up and I'm not going to let you affect me. Yeah. And just affirming your, I think that's the most important thing. And I see, I think that most judgments are made from that place of fear of, you know, anxiety. Like, am I doing the best thing? Yeah. Like, um, so I think just really doing a lot of work to, you know, affirm yourself. And this is, you know, something that I talk with, um, you know, my own clients with a lot and affirming yourself that you're doing the best thing mm-hmm. for yourself, not yes. the best thing, like fed is best, breast is best, the best thing for yourself and your circumstances. And then standing firm in that, like you Mm -hmm. said, and, and, um, you know, drawing those boundaries and, and, um, not taking people's questions personally because you've affirmed for yourself that this is best. And that's all that matters that, you know, if you can do that, if you can set that boundary and you can affirm yourself and you might need some therapy in order to do this, I did, and that's okay. Yeah. But if you're able to do that, then I think that we'd be less likely to dive into those fed is best mm-hmm. and breast is best yeah. things to try and affirm, you mm-hmm. know, using those terms to make us feel better. Yeah. 
you get, and, and, uh, and, you know, it's understandable that that mom whose journey ended before she wanted to and that she dive into that formula community and just, you know, yes, fed is best. I'm doing the right thing mm-hmm. and have want that affirmation. I mean, yeah. of course she does. Yeah. I, I would, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's understandable mm-hmm. or the opposite, you know, that, you know, that they're going to dive into that breastfeeding community and, you know, and use that breast is best saying, you know, yeah. as much as she can to feel great. Mm-hmm. But if we didn't need those things to make us feel good, yeah. if you can do that yourself, yeah. then hopefully we could do away with those things yeah. over time, especially like, if we're empowering each other. Yeah. I think that we should, you know, mothers should be able to look to the broader community, not just to the formula community or the breastfeeding community for those affirmations, you know, yes. and I think that would go a long ways towards, um, you know, those affirmations and towards getting rid of both of these terms. Mm-hmm. Um, because if she could look to even, you know, her closer friends and family for those affirmations that yes. you're doing your best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that and that's what you, you know, deserve to be able to do. Sometimes we see those pressures from coming within the family. Yes, so it might be a family often. member that you have to set that boundary with. Yeah. And that can be difficult yeah. to say the least, yeah. you know, depending on who it is. Yeah. Um, I find that people have a harder time doing this with in-laws, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or you who know, are their your partner, whoever's family is coming in, mm-hmm. that they have a harder time doing those things than they do with their own family members mm-hmm. or not. If you don't have a very good relationship with your own parents, yeah. then that again, you might have a hard time setting those boundaries with people. But it's okay again to tell people they can't come over mm. if they're affecting you in a negative way. Yeah. Because I think that's something huge yeah, that yeah, yeah, we could talk more about I mean, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We could kind of dive into that too. I mean, like there's so many things. It's mm-hmm. again, you don't need those family members coming over and making you feel bad yeah. for the decisions that you're making because yeah. that's, it's your body. Yeah. It's your life. I mean, and we're, we're diving into that as a society so much about, you know, our bodies and mm-hmm. having control and, you know, taking control for our own bodies. Yeah. And that's part of it. If you choose to breastfeed or you choose to formula feed, either one is taking control of your body and yeah. deciding what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. And like, you know, we gasp at the idea of not allowing people to come over, but, yeah, um, you know, know. just <laughs> aff- affirming yourself that this, this time is not for other people this time, you know, and we're talking about like, you know, the immediate postpartum and even going into months after baby. Yeah. Um, you know, I work with clients and, you know, help set them up with a a plan of like when people are going to come over and not allowing negative people into that Mm -hmm. space because it's so, so important. It is for you and your baby. Um, and you know, if you have other kids or, um, you have a partner, there or something for them as well. And I think that's so important to protect that space, not only for, um, you know, that what we're talking about in breastfeeding and all of that, but just, you know, in the larger picture of, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things that are just so heavily influenced during that postpartum of, you know, that negativity and stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah. So important. Learning how to be a mother is more than just feeding. I mean, it's be it's getting used to the new life that you have now. How because it does kind of get turned upside down for Mm -hmm. a little while. And again, the last thing you need is somebody coming in having any negative things to say. Or some people aren't, you know, don't you don't pick up on it right away. They just make little comments, you know, little digs, little things that they say that will eventually get to that mom. Yeah. And and I think as you know, we know all of the brain changes that are happening with a, you know, a new and postpartum mom. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, women are wired, mothers are wired to pick up on all those little nonverbal cues and stuff, which is just so fascinating. Yeah. Cause think your, your baby can't speak to you. You're going to, you have to look at all their cues from their entire body to see what they need. And it does take some time to really read all those things, but you know, we're again, your body, your brain changes and wires to pick up on those Mm -hmm. things so that you get used to those cues and pick up on your body, those movements of the body and things like that. Which is why, you know, we, I think we, Again, we're going on another bunny trail because this is just so fascinating, but, um, we don't see, you know, dads on that same level immediately. Yes. Um, because mom has been, 
um, rewiring and, you know, clearing room in her brain and everything to have those um, nonverbal cues and, you know, Mm -hmm. to pick up on all of those things Mm -hmm. from the get go. But I think it's really interesting um, to also note that, um, you know, if there's grandparents in the picture that are, um, you know, helping to parent baby a lot, or if, um, you know, dad is staying home with baby while mom goes to work and everything, those same brain changes end up happening Mm -hmm. to, um, other caretakers as well, if they're with the baby a lot and they, they learn to pick up on those nonverbal cues too, which I think is just so fascinating, all that history behind it, but, but good science behind it. The good thing to bring up dad then too, because that might be a part of why mom might be struggling with breastfeeding as well. Cause Mm -hmm. we're just really starting to learn and know and make aware of the fact that dad can go through a postpartum illness as well. And they might have a very hard time. So their Mm -hmm. ability to, while they're going through something like that to support their wife or partner, whatever it is, um, to continue or, you know, and give them the things that they need yeah. might be impaired because yeah. of that. And that can make it hard for mom too. Yeah. So I see, um, people a lot of times wanting to do, you know, if they're planning on breastfeeding, wanting to maybe pump some milk so that dad can be a part of that experience too, which, um, is, you know, your decision and great. Um, but I also, um, always try and for my own clients that, um, there's so many things that dad can do to be a part of that. Even if they're choosing not to, you know, bottle feed expressed milk or something like that. There's such an like crucial part of supporting mom in her breastfeeding journey too. And I think that's Mm -hmm. really, um, important to empower dads in their positions in that too, because they go so far in, um, you know, supporting mom, even just with like, you know, I'm thinking about things that my husband did for me when I was first going through it all. And, you know, just picking up things like, you know, housework and, um, helping with the older kids and bringing water and snacks and, you know, the phone that you forgot across the room and stuff like that, just so that you can be in that space physically and emotionally to put that work towards, you know, breastfeeding and and as women, that can be hard to give up some of those controls and oh, meet so your hard. partner in the middle there. Because, so hard. You know, I don't, I, I'm that way. I'm kind of a neurotic person. I like things in their place. I yep. like things a certain way, you know, and, and getting used to the chaos of parenting, <laughs> the toys everywhere. I mean, that alone, sometimes my environment would give me anxiety yes. and, you know, and cause issues and mm-hmm. Um, so that too is hard to get used to. And again, like, there's so many things that can cause anxiety in yeah. motherhood. And yeah. the last thing I want it to be is how you feed your baby. Yeah. We don't want that to be something that's keeping you up at night. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, there's not enough a fun things time. keeping you up at night. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> with I, a new baby. I definitely, when I take intake of my clients, when I come in, that's one of the things that I ask, you know, where's your anxiety? Is it keeping you awake at night? Is it so much that you are thinking about it all the time? It's keeping you up at night. It's, you know, stressing you. Mm -hmm. Then there might be some changes that need to be made. You know, that's not, that's something to consider. And again, thank God we have formula there to, you know, come to the rescue if, if you need it. Yeah. And that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah, I and think then so many options too now. And you know, like when formula was first introduced, you know, we only had really cow's milk that yeah. was available. Now we have cow's milk, we have soy, we have goat's milk. I mean, plant-based ones. There's so many yeah. options and now. Even too. like um, you know, milk sharing and, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, that used to be normal. Not yeah. not even milk sharing, but it just, you know, was normal and is still normal actually mm-hmm. in a lot of cultures. Today still, we see, you know, in indigenous peoples and stuff like that, where, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe grandma's helping to nurse the baby or maybe your sister's helping to nurse the baby. And that's normal still for a lot of people. Yeah. And And I think, you know, we, we kind of have like a, an ick factor a little bit to that, you know, now, but that is just, you know, used to be really normal. Mm -hmm. Um, I have definitely shared milk. I have breastfed someone else's baby. Another person has breastfed my baby. And it was, you know, I didn't send enough milk Uh and my baby was still hungry. I was still an hour away. So thankfully that woman was there and she gave my child what my child needed at that time. And like to so many, you know, again, cultures now and historically speaking, that would just be like, of course, you're just like, I'm there. I'm like, you know. 
lactating, of course, I'm just going to feed your baby for yeah, you. But if that hadn't been available, I wouldn't have hesitated in any way to have given her a bottle of formula. Yeah. I mean, that's my job is yeah. to make sure that her needs are met. Yeah. And I mean, again, I think it doesn't come down to what's best. It's what is your baby's needs? Are mm-hmm. they being met? Is mom's needs being met? You yeah. know, those are the big questions. Not, not breast is best or fed is best. What is everyone's needs being met? Yeah. Because that, I mean, if your needs aren't being met, we, we know this, yeah. then we get anxious. We get angry. You yeah. know, that's another one. Postpartum rage can yeah. be masked in depression, anxiety, and you yeah. just might feel extremely angry all the time and understand yeah. why. It's because something for you is not being met. Yeah. There is a need for you not being met. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to break that down and figure out what that is and mm-hmm. tweak things. And, you know, sometimes that might be tweaking how babies fed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's just so important. And I hope, I hope that people's takeaway from this is just that to go forward in even, um, you know, maybe a new pattern for you of self-evaluating and self-affirmation of, you know, what, what is self-evaluating in the terms of like, what is best for me? What are my circumstances? Mm-hmm. Not what is even scientifically best or, or maybe just staying off social media altogether. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's mean, just such a, such a big one. And do, there's, there's just so much judgment there. We've seen postpartum illnesses get worse since social media has oh, yeah. come involved. Yeah. I mean, because you, there's, everyone has an opinion and now they can give it to you. Yeah. And, and I think <laughs> even, even more so, you know, we're, Again, we could just talk about social media around motherhood as a whole other oh, episode, I know. but I, I know. think there's, you know, we, we are presenting the best of mm-hmm. our lives on social media mm-hmm. and that's, you know, the normal. Absolutely. Um, so when you see a new mom, I just saw this thing pop up on my Instagram feed and it's not someone I follow. It's just like, was a suggested one. Um, and it was, you know, this woman holding her pregnant belly. And then the next clip, I think it was a real, the next clip was her holding her two weeks, there was like little captions, two weeks old and they were in the nursery together Mm -hmm. and then three weeks old and they were like in Paris together. And then, uh, four weeks old, they were, you know, in some tropical place together and they were like (laughs) traveling the world and you could just see, I think it went up to like maybe nine or 10 months and like each month they were in a new place, like traveling. I was like, that's, that's amazing. (laughs) And also like when, when new moms who are struggling at home and like struggling with breastfeeding and going through all of these things and trying to heal would see a clip like that. Um, and I'm not trying to bash this person who's no, obviously, no, absolutely not. you know, but when, when we are constantly being exposed to things and that's just one example. Yeah. Um, you and know, keep you in could, mind she didn't post a single photo of that child screaming in the yeah, middle of the night. But you could see <laughs> you know? as you know, the months went on that she just was like dropping all of the weight. They were traveling. She looked cute in all the pictures her baby looked cute in all of the pictures. And mm-hmm. so when we're constantly being exposed to those things, when we're at home, like leaky milk and unshowered mm-hmm. and, you know, stressed and anxious and depressed, you see that and you're like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. You know, and it becomes like a, a personal thing. And again, I think that's just one example of what we see so much of on Instagram is people just bouncing back into their bodies and, you know, out doing yoga again, two weeks postpartum when in reality, is not, not that's not normal. And it's not and that's what we not, recommend either no. in the birthing community. We do not recommend that you immediately start going back to exercise no. within a week of giving birth. That's just not a good idea. No. It's really not. I mean that it just can. <laughs> again, There's so many is, things that could go wrong thing. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's not, again, to bash the women who are out there doing that. They probably don't know any better and are doing what they see other people doing. Mm-hmm. And so that's the expected thing is that, oh, I should be, you know, back in my yoga class, you know, two weeks postpartum because that's good and healthy for me and other people are doing it. Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't I be able to do it? Or, or the other one that we haven't brought up too, if God forbid, what if something's wrong with baby mm-hmm. that keeps them from being able to nurse? Yeah. You know, so yeah. there's those kinds of things too. Your clip palates can yeah. get extremely difficult, mm-hmm. you know, or oral, anything that's yeah, going on, ties, things like that. 
or a condition of some sort. Maybe your baby has autism. Maybe mm-hmm. your baby has Down syndrome, you know, or we can keep going into ailments or, you know, and things yeah. that can happen. But those things can also impact how baby breastfeeds yeah. and how well your journey goes yeah. and how, you know, the mother will be affected mentally again because that's double you, you know if when there's something wrong yes. with your baby yes. and you're struggling with feeding yeah. and you don't have very much time before you have to go back to work and dad didn't get more mm. than two weeks at home before yeah. he has to go back at work even, or you have yes. no village you know all these things are just you know like a recipe for yeah. you ending up feeling terrible you yeah. know whether that be depression anxiety you know we can go on and on yeah but if Tweaking feeding is one thing that might be able to help, especially with an oral issue going on and you don't want to put your baby through a surgery of some sort or they're not old enough for a surgery. I mean, you've got to do, again, what is best for you, what's best for your lifestyle. And that's a lot of pressures and a lot of things to have on your plate, especially without a village like you talked about, without a a grandparent or someone, you know, like in other countries have, they get staying for months. Yes. And it is the norm for the family to come in and kind of like room in with the mom and, you know, and everything. But in our country, we just don't have that in in place for us. In any way, shape or form. It's it's so hard to see that sometimes. Um, Yeah, that's again, there's just so many, there's so many things that are factoring into, again, where we are with all of this today. And I think it's just all so fascinating. It's like a whole other podcast is literally working moms versus stay at home moms. Do you know what I mean? Like is those, you know, because again, lifestyle is different and what you're able to do is different. And, you know, sometimes you have to go back to work and you don't have a choice. Yeah. You just have to do, like I said, it comes down to, you know, it is what's best for baby, but what's best for baby is whatever's best for mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think reframing that will just go such a long way. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we are on a path to that, you know, Mm -hmm. now and can continue to make progress in that. Do you have anything else that you want to leave people with before we um, wrap it up? Again, I feel like this could have just gone so many different ways. I hope that um, we've been coherent. Yes. I guess I just want to leave all the moms who are struggling with that. It's always okay for things to be two ways or three ways. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is it's okay for you to be absolutely in love with your baby, but then have days where you just don't enjoy them very much. And it's okay for you to breastfeed Mm -hmm. and formula feed. It's okay to do both. I mean, there's, there's so many options, you know, and I've even seen moms who have medical issues that make it so that they can't produce the amount of breast milk they want, but that doesn't mean they can't breastfeed. That doesn't mean they yes, can't continue and, and just along that, with the supplementation any amount of, yeah. you know, even if you just breastfeed just the colostrum in yeah. the first few days or, you know, just for three weeks while, or three months while you're supplementing or mm-hmm. whatever, any amount that you can do is going to go so far again, because that's, you know, that's alive. That's giving your baby all mm-hmm. those like, you know, live enzymes and yeah. probiotics and all of those things that, that mm-hmm. they need to maybe even handle formula even yeah, better. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't. And, it doesn't. And I always say like, you know, there's so much duality in, in motherhood and it's, I think it's meant to be that for a reason. Um, and you know, more than one thing can be true. Mm-hmm. You can be, um, formula feeding your baby and you can be a good mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it, it, there's, it, there's not exclusivity in all of these things. You can be really struggling a lot and you can be totally in love with your baby and Mm -hmm. not ever want to, you know, give it up, which I think would probably really resonate with a lot of people because what mom doesn't struggle. Exactly. Again, motherhood is messy. So give yourself grace. Don't Mm -hmm. forget to love yourself. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about just how well are you doing? How well are things going? How well are you handling things? And if things need to be adjusted, that's okay. Yes. Yes. And surround yourself with people who affirm you in that. Yes. Yeah. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. This has been really amazing. I hope that people um, have taken a lot away from it. And um, I'm definitely going to link all of your 
um, you know, social media website and everything in the show notes so people can learn more about you there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you're struggling, don't be afraid to contact someone that's private or you can go to the health department as well. The Mm -hmm. breastfeeding peer counselors that are at the health department are wonderful as well. There's the um, La Leche League here Mm -hmm. in Travers. That is run by moms who have breastfed babies and they volunteer. So you have places to go if you're struggling. So do reach out if you are. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you.